This is the RTI Press Pass with Rick Butler, Ryan Jumpert, and Jack Foster. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass podcast. We are here at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. The game is in the rearview mirror. Number 11, Tennessee loses to uh, Florida. The Florida Gators by a score of 29 to 16. Tennessee's first loss of the season. Tennessee's first loss coming in the first day of SEC play. Man, this wasn't a good game, but we are here to break it all down. My name is Rick Butler. Join with me to my left. That is Ryan Shumpert. We are here in Gainesville. And then, of course, we have the one, the only Jack Foster back holding down the fort in Knoxville. Jack, I'll start with you. How you doing tonight? Uh, doing well. Obviously, it wasn't a good night at all for Tennessee. It was a complete disaster on their front. But, yeah, doing well here in Knoxville. And, um, you know, SEC plays here. But, but unfortunately for Tennessee, it starts off on the worst foot possible. Certainly does. It, it, they're not. It, they're not many great things to say about it. Ryan, what about you? We have had a long day, my friend, and a long night ahead too. Oh, certainly, and a long drive back. But it, no, uh, Jack. Jack said it well. I, I originally, you know, in my uh, big kind of post game article, uh, looking at everything for Tennessee, used the phrase "unmitigated disaster" in the headline, and I downgraded the disaster like Jack did. So, uh, really, just a. Uh, it's hard to express how bad just about everything was for Tennessee tonight. Let's kind of start from the beginning and make our way going forward, because even though it was a lopsided loss, a lot of the problems originated right there in the first half. We know that Tennessee jumps out to a seven to zero lead and they scored in like two minutes, right? If I remember correctly, Florida had the first drive of the game, took them about seven minutes to get down the field. And then the field goal either gets tipped or it's short or something happens yeah, at the block. line where they come up with zero points. So then Tennessee flips the field. They go and skate. They score in two minutes. You're thinking, hey, maybe this Tennessee offense has a little bit more juice than they've had the last two weeks. That was obviously one of the big talking points. They go down, they score. And then Florida goes on a 26 to nothing run to over the rest of the first quarter and the second quarter to get to halftime. Tennessee's down 26 to seven at halftime. Ryan, just what was your perspective of really kind of that first quarter evolving into the second quarter and just Tennessee's woes beginning quickly after that first drive. Yeah. Well, I think you look at the first drive and you know, some of the things I wrote about is key for Tennessee to get Joe Milton going to what they did. They threw, I think two or three screen passes to Jalen Wright, And then they took some deep shots before trying to work the intermediate passing game. And they hit squirrel white for the big one. I think about 43 yards over the top and then a beautiful ball to Ramel Keaton for uh, about a 15 yard touchdown. And then, yeah, I mean, you said it, nothing really went well for Tennessee after that. And to me, it just – the story of the game is what happened in the first half, and that was just Florida controlled the line of scrimmage. They ran the ball better than Tennessee did. They protected Graham Mertz better than Tennessee protected Joe Milton. And Tennessee just really had no answers uh, for once Florida got going and played better in the second half. But there was just never a response that you need to have. Yeah, I believe I tweeted this after that first drive from Tennessee. Really felt like the 2022 offense, and we hadn't quite seen that in the first two games, the way they used tempo and just marched right down the field. Of course, the big play to Squirrel helped set all that up, but you know, it just, just it was a great drive from Tennessee, and Milton made a couple of great passes. And then after that, Tennessee's defense really fell apart, and I agree with Ryan. Florida won in the trenches, and that is something I didn't see happening tonight, especially with Florida's offensive line beating Tennessee's defensive line. That's certainly something I certainly didn't see happening, but the missed tackles just left and right. I mean, yeah. to me, that's probably one of the biggest story stories of tonight, and you know, it was evident on that Trevor Etienne 62-yard touchdown run, which is what yes. got, you know Florida on the board and 
was the first six points of their 26 point run. But yeah, it, it was a disaster all around, especially for Tennessee's defense there in the first half. Florida came out throwing the ball all over the place on that first drive. They kind of dropped Tennessee back. And then it was the Trevor Etienne show after that. Or, or, and he was just gashing Tennessee left and right. He was. And Jack makes a great point. Tennessee's secondary, a team as a whole, but secondary especially, was just pathetic tackling. And yeah, I mean, look, there's some recency bias from this game. There's some recency bias because he's on this team. Kamal Hyder might be the worst tackling player I've ever seen on Tennessee's yes. defense. Lazy, pitiful more interested in throwing hands after the game's over and Tennessee's lost than he is sticking his head down and making a play in the run defense. But no, and Jack, Jack said it, like you just didn't see Florida controlling the line of scrimmage the way they did. And I think really maybe for the first time in the Josh Heupel tenure, you really saw Tennessee's offensive style and tempo work against them. Tennessee could not get for Florida did on offense in the first half, exactly what Kentucky did two years ago in 2021. They had long drives. They ran the play clock down. They shortened the game, and they kept Tennessee's offense off the field. Difference in that game, Tennessee's offense would go score a minute and 50 seconds, sure. and time of possession was crazy. At least there was a little bit of time for Tennessee's defense to rest. This game, Tennessee, uh, once Florida got the momentum – Moving in the right direction in the second quarter, Tennessee had no answers offensively, and it just everything spiraled on top of itself. Uh, we talk about coaches talk about all the time playing complimentary football. Tennessee played the opposite of that in the first half. Tennessee's offense did the defense no favors. Tennessee's defense did the offense no favors. So uh, I think maybe more than anything, uh, that's what stood out. And I think Tennessee's inability to get off the field on third downs, I think Florida was seven of eight in the first half, really compounded those issues. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at Tennessee in the first half too, just and it, it was evident in the second half too. But pre-snap penalties, yep, you know, prevented any sort of rhythm offensively. And Tennessee's offense was great the first drive, but after that, they could not get anything going. And a big part of that was those penalties. Yeah, there was a stretch, four straight first downs that Tennessee had. They went false start, false start, false start. Had to take a timeout on the first play to drive on the fourth one. It's, <laughs> Yeah, it was really bad with the pre-snap penalties, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more uh, going forward, you know, maybe later in the week. But uh, just the, I think a macro question about Josh Heupel now has to be about his offense and playing on the road in hostile environments. You go the last four home games Tennessee's play, or a road game Tennessee's played, they've lost three of them. The one win was Vanderbilt. South Carolina, I didn't feel like the crowd had a massive impact on the offense. I was more on the defense. But tonight in Florida or Georgia last year, which were too great at, environments Tennessee's offense really struggled with pre-snap penalties and really struggled to get into a rhythm which playing behind the sticks it's hard to even for an offense like Tennessee's which can be explosive yeah and what you guys have been saying I mean the third downs especially there were so many situations where you know Florida just they could not get off the field well Tennessee couldn't stay on it in, in so many ways and I think that's pointing to kind of what y'all both are talking about where it makes the defense more tired. They're going to be on the field. Tackling is going to become more difficult, things like that, but still inexcusable. But the offensive side of the ball, communication was tough. I think that was extremely evident today. An unbelievable atmosphere here in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Yep. I mean, it, it was incredibly loud throughout the night. I'm sure they came through across TV, but we had an open-air press box, so we got a, a full glimpse of the whole thing, and it was deafening loud at times, especially when things started heating up for Florida. Uh, and you're right, just – Tennessee, in a lot of situations, shot themselves in the foot. A lot of self-inflicted mistakes. Obviously, Florida played a good game, but there were just a lot of mistakes that, that Tennessee needed to do better if they wanted any kind of shot at winning this game. Jack, I don't know what you think, but 
you know, the more we get removed from this game, like the more it reminds me of the Georgia game last year yep. where Tennessee gets down really big. The crowd clearly, clearly got to them and disrupted them offensively. And then Florida just played extremely conservative offensively in the second half. And Tennessee now had some drives that could have made it a game in the third quarter and stalled out. But uh, Tennessee never threatened again in the third quarter. And a game that I think everybody, I know the three of us thought, Florida could win. If they did, it would be close. Tennessee could win close. Tennessee could win big. Florida really coasted, and uh, in some ways, the game was probably a little bit more lopsided than it looked when you consider how conservative uh, Florida played things in the second half. No, I noticed many similarities from last year's Georgia game to this year's Florida game. And, you know, Tennessee won the second half, and that was in large part due to their defense playing so well in the second half, and the defense played great against Georgia last year. Of course, they get gassed in the first half defensively, just like they did against Georgia last year. The penalties against Georgia last year and then now against Florida were a problem. And the offensive line play. And I had said that Tennessee's offensive line looked pretty good through the first two games. Of course, they were playing much lesser competition, but Tennessee's offensive line was a liability tonight. Not just the penalties. Joe Milton didn't have a lot of time and, you know, that created some problems for Tennessee's offense. Jack, I'll come right back to you with this question. Ryan, I want to ask the same thing to you, but Jack, you just listed a a couple of the areas where, you know, Tennessee obviously fell behind. Which one of those deficiencies to you was most surprising? Was it the offensive line? Was it the defensive line? Was it some of the tackling mistakes? Was it just the, the overall inefficiency of the offense? Which one of those deficiencies was the most surprising to you? I mean, we've seen, you know, players on Tennessee's defense miss tackles left and right. I, I still was surprised at how many tackles they miss and how they just continued missing tackles. And I felt like that was more of woes from the 2021 team than last year. So that was surprising. But the most surprising thing was the fact that Florida was just able to run the ball the way they did and dominate yep. the line of scrimmage. To, to me, I did not see that happening at all. I thought Tennessee's defensive line had taken a step from last year, and they obviously haven't. They were pretty much a non-factor tonight. Hey, Jack, you're, you're, I completely agree with that. No one ran the ball. No one in the last two years. So what's that? 16 games now has run the ball against Tennessee as well as Florida did tonight. And I'm not sure it's really particularly close. And uh, that was really surprising. They ran it significantly better than they did against Tennessee last year, even though they had a running quarterback that also uh, made some plays in that game, Anthony Richardson. So uh, to me, that was the biggest surprise, even though the offensive line was bad and it had been, solid the first two games even though the pass rush was good the first two games didn't show up I think we still at least needed to see it uh, against a better competition to fully believe Tennessee was going to be good in those spots the run defense it felt like Tennessee was definitely going to be good uh, and they just frankly were not no they weren't and you know I have a couple more thoughts from this game and when we saw Tennessee's offense have some success in the second half is when Joe Milton was airing that out I mean, he only he almost had one to Dante Thornton, and then a play later, he had some for forty three yards. And of course, the Brew McCoy touchdown was a long bomb. And I felt like when Tennessee got down early, the way they did in the first half, they should have shifted their you know game plan more to that because you know I've said it time and time again, I don't think that this Tennessee team, the way they want to play with Joe Milton and the way Josh Heupel has called plays in the first two games, has the capability to mount a comeback like they needed to do tonight. So I think that the shift should have happened earlier in the game where they started taking more chances. Curious to hear y'all's thoughts on that, but I thought it was just a little, you know, too late for Tennessee to be trying stuff like that late in the game. I thought that was one of the things, things 
I noticed early in the game, all right, first time all season, Tennessee's got one one high safety against them. Like, this is what they want. And then the second quarter was so disastrous that Florida was able to basically play two high safety the rest of the game and, and take away the deep shots. And while I thought Joe Milton, you know, we said if Tennessee loses this game, it's probably because Joe Milton plays poorly. You know, he was for, certainly was far, far from perfect tonight. He wasn't Tennessee's biggest problem either. Even a game where he was all right, Man, he's just – he's limited in what he can do, and certainly there is major limitations in what Josh Heifel will trust him to do. Tennessee threw the ball very rarely in the intermediate game, the entire game, deep shot screen passes. I can think of three third and longs off the top of my head that Tennessee either ran the ball or threw screen passes. One of them they got, the other two basically just conceding and punting. Yeah, run and punt. Fashion, run and punt, right? <laughs> run, run and punt, that's exactly right. So, again – it wasn't a game you really put on Milton and say, yeah, this was his fault, but you saw the limitations Tennessee's offense has with them. And really to me, I guess you could say you saw, yeah, I was going to say for the first time you saw Josh Heifel not trust Joe Milton, but now I think about it. You really saw that last week against Austin P too. Yeah. I think you watched those first two games from Tennessee against Virginia and Austin P and certainly the screen passes were one thing that I was just curious, you know, if against those, those lesser teams, if, that was something that they were trying to just do to get in rhythm. I, I certainly didn't think it would come out and again be this prominent as part of the game plan. But now I think that other teams are going to be able to see this as well and say, hey, look, Tennessee is not comfortable, like you were saying, Ryan, in the intermediate zone. Of course, they're going to take their deep shots because that's what their quarterback does. But otherwise, man, if we play sound defense along the line of scrimmage, if we really kind of batten down the hatches on some of these on some of these screen plays, on some of these rub routes and stuff like that, I, I think that's a place where people are looking at Tennessee and saying, that's where we can maybe get an advantage. Certainly. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how this Tennessee offense evolves going forward because it just feels in a lot of ways, pretty simplistic right now. Sure. Yep. And you know, one last thing for me, and I think it's a big thing for the game. Tennessee played terrible tonight. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but the officiating was dreadful. And I think it hurt Tennessee on multiple different occasions, more so missed calls against Florida than calls against Tennessee. I mean, there were so many missed calls against Florida. And then the McAllen Castles blindside block. That was garbage. Yes. That was so weak. And that was a big first down for Tennessee to have. And it backs them all the way up, what, second and 27. That's a that's a drive killer on a drive they needed to have. So I thought the officiating was dreadful. Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler talked about it at length a lot during the broadcast. And that's something you don't really see you hear, I guess I should say hear a lot. So that was telling, but the officiating was, was not good tonight. Yeah. And it's not something we want to touch on too, too much because Tennessee had a lot bigger issues tonight, but Jack, you're right. And to me where it really hurt Tennessee third quarter, they're trying to come back, trying to make a game out of it. Defense forces two, three and outs. First drive is when Tennessee has fourth and, one down at the 20-yard line, and they're trying to go fast. They're ready to snap it. The official kicks the ball. It has to re-snap it. Florida gets to run their big boys on the field. Tennessee gets stuffed. Again, just because they got their big boys on the field doesn't mean Tennessee should have been so horrific blocking on fourth and one. But that is a big, you know, big miscue by the refs to hurt Tennessee. And then Jack said it. To me, that was the worst call, worst piece of officiating in the game, That the penalty on the call on Castles. I mean, that was – Hor- horrible I mean that was how you teach yeah teach your players to block didn't hit them from the blind side at all and that just completely shot the drive it went from well I think Tennessee would have had first and 10 uh, at about Florida's 40 yard line on the move and then it it basically was a wash you go into second 27 they got themselves into a manageable fourth down uh but still fourth and eight 
you know, a lot different than first and ten. Yeah, and you could tell that Josh Heupel was was not happy about that specific blindside call. But I, I agree with both of both of what you guys said, and I echo the same thing. You know, certainly the officiating was was not good tonight, but like Ryan alluded to, not the crux of Tennessee's problems, not by no. a long shot. You could have eliminated maybe three of those problems, and the officiating still wouldn't be near the top of, of what kind of caused Tennessee to lose this game. Guys, as we kind of wrap this game up, obviously we'll be talking about it a little bit more throughout the week. You can go and check out Ron and I's postgame video that was on the field here tonight after the game. But as we kind of put this thing to bed, what are we looking for next out of Tennessee? UTSA is on the horizon. That, that game will be back in Knoxville next weekend. So I think there's a little bit of relief that maybe you don't go immediately to another SEC school or you do have a big SEC powerhouse coming in. Tennessee really needs to rebound from this, though. To me, this is one of those games where I wonder, is it going to be one of those things that really starts the season in a shaky way? Or can they put a pin in this game? Can they can they you know, put this game at the top of their notebook and they say, we're not going to let this happen again. I don't know. That's obviously to be seen, but depending on, but you know, in relation to what happens on the field, what's next? What are you, what are you guys looking for? What's something that you want to see? Maybe obviously we're not going to see it throughout practice this week, but what's a big thing that you think this team needs to really get under control for this next game. And then moving forward after that, Ryan. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. This is going to be something that really spirals the season or galvanizes it. I mean, this is a bad loss and just about every way it occurred. You know, I think when I look, it's tough to say. UTSA doesn't look nearly as good as we thought they'd be in the preseason. We'll see if they get Frank Harris back. He missed uh, last night's loss against Army. I think the first thing is to try to find some stability on the offensive line to get Cooper Mays back and to have better play there. As we talk about things you want to see from Tennessee, I, I, to me just the most interesting point going forward is just what happens to quarterback. I mean, again, tonight's not on Joe Milton where you need to – be immediately making a change but like we've I think all said he's limited in a lot of what he can do and Tennessee's goals aren't unattainable now but yeah winning the SEC East that doesn't look very likely Tennessee achieving much of anything this season doesn't look uh, very likely they can salvage the season they cannot be an embarrassment you know all that good stuff but uh, you're almost at a point now maybe this is too in the moment over dramatic to a loss but it almost seems like you start pivoting to getting better for next season, playing some of those young guys. And obviously the quarterback is the, the biggest one of those of a guy you want to have ready and maybe with a little bit of experience going into the 2024 season. Jack, what about you? What, what's next for this Tennessee team? What's on your mind? Yeah, I agree. As far as quarterback goes, I don't think that Joe Milton is the biggest reason Tennessee lost by any stretch, but he just doesn't give me a lot of confidence that he can go out there and win close games and get it done in the SEC. I just – I don't see it. And, I mean, Tennessee has a lot of problems. I, I've been so low on Florida, and I look dumb now because Florida just smacked Tennessee tonight. But I, I come away from this game not necessarily thinking Florida is much better than I thought, but Tennessee's just much worse than I thought. They have a lot of problems along the offensive line, they need to get more consistent there. They need more discipline. Their secondary is still lacking. The quarterback play needs to be better. They just need to find a more cohesive identity offensively. I'd like to see them take more deep shots and take a little bit more risks and run the ball even more. I mean, Jalen Wright tonight, just the amount of effort he puts in on every play is unmatched. He was the, again, the only bright spot on Tennessee's offense. So I don't know. I don't have a specific answer for you as to what to fix. Number one, I guess it would be the offensive line and just getting Cooper back. I mean, how huge would he have been for Tennessee tonight? Ollie Lane did not have a good game at all. But yeah, that, that's a, there's a lot to fix. Luckily for Tennessee, they play at home in the next three, right? And there's a bye in there. So 
that's that's news for them. They can get right before a couple of tough road games in October. That certainly is right, Jack. And you know what? We are headed back to Knoxville as well. We are heading back to our our hometown and our home state as we we leave Ben Hill Griffin Stadium here tonight. Again, number 11, Tennessee loses to the Florida Gators by a score of 29 to 16. Guys, we will be back later in the week, back on the RTI Press Pass podcast. Maybe some final thoughts about this Florida game, but certainly looking ahead to UTSA and seeing what's on the horizon there as Tennessee desperately needs a bounce back game as they uh, as they drop their first SEC game of the season, as they hit their first loss of the season here in Gainesville. Gentlemen, that's going to wrap us up here tonight. Jack, thank you for all your hard work back home. Ryan, thank you for holding things down with me over here. Thank you to the fans for listening to the RTI Press Pass podcast. Man, we are so thankful for each and every one of you that listen in. Even despite it, it might be a tough night for you out there listening, we appreciate you spending a little bit of time here with us, whether it's on Saturday, Sunday, or whenever it is. So thank you for listening. Tell a friend, be a friend. Otherwise, we will see you later back in the week. For Jack Foster, for Ryan Schumper, I'm Rick Butler. You've been listening to the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass Podcast. Mm-hmm.